We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions, a Q&A style show covering whatever our subscribers feel like hearing about. And it's presented by Macadoodles, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits. Now in Kansas City, the latest episode of 21 Questions begins now. It's 21 Questions, presented by our friends at Macadoodles, and here to help me talk about Macadoodles is my good friend Craig Stout. How about that for an intro, Craig? I, I think that's an excellent intro. I love being associated with Macadoodles at every turn because they are my very favorite liquor store. They have the best selection, the best prices, and elite customer service. You can walk in with anything that you like from a liquor beer, wine perspective. Tell the people in there about it. They're going to turn around, recommend something that you are going to love. I guarantee it. And if you're in the Kansas City area, that means that you have a Macadoodles now in your area in Lee's Summit, Missouri. Also a new store in Jefferson City, Missouri, and all over Missouri, basically. They're, they're, they're everywhere. Just go there. Enjoy yourself, just like we enjoy Macadoodles being a fantastic sponsor of this show. I like the emphasis on Lee's Summit. I, like, I feel like the Kansas City and just kind of rolling at least Summit. You know, it's just kind of like the, the apostrophe S. You can, cannot let it be forgotten, Craig. Can, I appreciate can it. Can you tell that I'm not from the area? Is that what you're saying? No. I just, I appreciated it. That's all. Uh, thanks, everyone that's asked questions. This is 21 questions, like we kind of said. These are the subscriber-only questions asked uh, on the KCSN Discord. How do you get access to the KCSN Discord? Well, you subscribe to the KCSN Substack. And so you will get a link. You can come hang out with a really cool Chiefs community that's just kind of built this really fun, organic thing. Uh, and there's all kinds of conversations happening all the time. Oh, by the way, if you want access to the KCSN Discord, you can also purchase the KCSN Draft Guide right now. If you pre-order that, you will get the book when it releases, uh, our fifth edition of the book, which is insane. Uh, it releases April 5th, but in the meantime, you'll get three months of the KCSN Substack, which also gives you access to that Discord and that really, really fun community. So the, here's the, the, here's the, the question. Discord this week, though, the Discord this week is doing the member mock preparation 
where we had 32 members basically decide that they were going to be general managers of teams in this NFL draft. We had way more than 32. So there's a lot of Brent Tillis is going along. And, you know, like there, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of tag team action happening on the GM front in the KCSN Discord. But our good pals, Maddie, that usually do the lab with us, and Christian Gumminger have kind of formulated this kind of game leading up to it that is predicting 40 times of combine players to help <laughs> settle which teams you end up getting and who you get to pick and all that. It is so fun. There's, it, It's just a blast. It, it really is a blast. So you're missing out if you're not in on that right now. I, I'm, I can't wait to follow along. Uh, I'm, I can't, I, I, I'm going to catch a few strays. Uh, I think I got drafted okay. last year, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I, I think you did. I think you were a seventh-round holder that got drafted in this by, yeah, by one of the teams, but yes. You know, it is what it is. Uh, let's get into these questions. Hobo Joe ninety three asks, "Who is the best coach in the Andy Reid coaching tree?" Obviously, besides Andy Reid. I mean, it's got to be Doug for me, Doug Peterson. I mean, uh, he's got a Super Bowl ring to his name. He he's kind of had success pretty much anywhere he's gone, and he's done it with maybe not the the most abundant resources. That Eagles team that he won the Super Bowl with, he obviously won it with a backup quarterback. He started to turn around this Jacksonville Jaguars team that is still very young and learning and growing. He has been very good for every team, basically, that he's touched at this point. So Doug Peterson is is the guy that I, if I had to look at that I was like, hey, Andy Reid, I you know recommend me a coach to be your head coach. I would think that he would be one of the guys to do that just because of the abundance of success that he's had so far. The uh, the other Super Bowl winner, uh, John Harbaugh, also I think uh, deserves plenty of credit too. He's had a ton of success there. I do appreciate Doug being able to do it multiple places though. Uh, I mean, he got the Jaguars to the playoffs, so I mean, I, I think that's that's a pretty. And they were fun. It was fun. <laughs> And they're going to be a lot better next year. I That is going to be a very good football team next season, I think. Uh, they're going to be one to deal with. Uh, they're getting uh, Calvin Ridley in there. Uh, another draft, more free agency, more time for, you know, Trevon Walker. Like, woof, be a fun team. Uh, Grayson Jaspers, how does the compensatory pick formula change your view of letting Orlando Brown Jr. walk and drafting his replacement? I, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't affect my opinion all that much and i'm the compensatory pick nerd but i mm -hmm. think you know yeah you're like yeah i can confirm yeah yeah he is. um i just i the thing about the compensatory formula is i love it i love being able to recoup assets you know i like being strategic and thoughtful about maybe trying to find some free agents that aren't going to count against the compensatory formula when they're released by their teams and, you know maybe trying to cat, catch a few compensatory picks the chiefs did this year I think it's always going to be cyclical for the Chiefs. I don't think they're going to be as intentional as the uh, Baltimore Ravens have been about doing that. And that's partially because I think there's going to be big contracts that they spend. So if you spend uh, on a big contract from an APY perspective and you let Orlando Brown Jr. walk, you're probably not getting a third-round pick. You're probably not getting a third-round compensatory pick, which is the highest pick that you're going to be able to get in the first place. So I don't think... I think at this point, with the Chiefs well-established in what they are, and you know, not I don't I I we've been having a lot of conversations, you know, about our offseason stuff this year, and I don't want to 
get cute with the left tackle position this year. You know, considering Patrick LeVon Mahomes is the quarterback, and I really don't want to mess with his blind side. We can have a conversation about right tackle. I don't want to have that conversation about left tackle. Yeah. I just don't want to get cute. I just don't want to get cute with the position. No. And honestly, you you run the risk of maybe not having a top 10 tackle, which Orlando Brown is. Whether or not you think highly of him or not, the league does. And I, I think that we just kind of get subjected to the day in day out of Orlando Brown Jr. And because it is such a position where everybody just expects excellence, you know, where they demand everybody to be perfect on every single rep, the ones that aren't perfect really, really stick out. And so that leads people to look at left tackles and be like, oh, that guy's bad. Let's try out that guy instead. Let's go get this free agent over here. I bet you he's just as good when nine times out of 10, they're not. They just aren't. So I, I'm sitting here looking at it going, Orlando Brown Jr., uh, you got to keep him, especially since you, you're only getting a third for him next year. You can get way more than that for a trade for him this year if you wanted to. Would be curious to see a strategy where the Chiefs tag Orlando Brown Jr. and still draft a tackle early, though. I would be, I would listen to that. There is a there's one tackle I'm very I'm paying a lot of attention to. It's February still and the combine hasn't happened, so I'm not going to talk about him quite wow. yet. You know, we got to pace ourselves, Anton Harrison. Um <laughs> there is I'm a fun, there yeah, I yeah, he's fun. He's, he, he's very yeah. he's, he, I think he might have just turned 21 too. Uh anyways, there Grayson did have a follow-up to that. Uh what is Orlando Brown Jr.'s tag and trade value, Craig? I have some I things. think it's I think it's a high second or maybe a late first. I really Mm. do. Um, I think the reason that Orlando Brown Jr. didn't go for the full first with the Chiefs basically being there, yes, they traded a first, but they got an early second round back. So they didn't go for a full first round pick for that. I think the reason that occurred was because Orlando Brown Jr. had had one season at left tackle. He's now had three, and he's made the Pro Bowl in all three of those seasons. And he's got a Super Bowl ring protecting one of the quarterbacks that arguably drops the deepest in the pocket of anybody that's out there. So, yeah, there's going to be a team that's going to look at that and say, hey, listen, we need left tackle help. He's a top 10 left tackle. We're going to trade late first, early second, knowing that we're going to have to pay him a lot of money, which is why he's not worth more than that. But I think that's a scenario where you could get a pretty high pick that might fringe into day one. We had this exact conversation in our group DMs like three like three days ago. If and my only counterpoint, actually, I think I think Grayson made the same point is, uh, I don't think the value is going to be quite as high as the, what the Chiefs surrendered. I think the Chiefs were stuck in a corner first off when they did the, when they made yeah. the move. It was the last tackle available. They literally were turning a guy that had more experience at right tackle in into a left tackle to make it work. But also, he was practically free his first season. I mean, he was still on his contract. And then they put him on the franchise tag the year after, so they secured him for two years, right? So I just, that's the only thing with all this is just, I don't know, like the team that would acquire him now doesn't have this buffer period of, you know, you you don't have to pay him, you don't have to commit to him long-term. You have to commit to him right from Jump Street and start paying him a lot of money immediately. That's where I think the compensation. It doesn't seem like the tag and trade happens very often because it feels like there's probably not a lot of teams that get the trade compensation that they're hoping for. 
whenever these kind of situations arise too. So I just, I don't think the Chiefs would be able to get as much as some people are thinking. I'm pleasantly surprised if they, if they were able to do that. Uh, Zach Silverlining, Meta McGorkin. I love his names every single week. Uh, with Greg Lewis likely leaving, who would you like to be brought in for the running backs coach? Well, I mean, we have we have the Pep Hamilton conversation already. Like, I think what's probably going to happen, like, it, not saying it's going to happen, but like, I think Pep Hamilton's a great outside, a potentially great outside influence on this offense, and the reshuffling of a Joe Blameyer, of a David Girardi, and Pep Hamilton involved in some capacity. However, however that all would shake out, sign me up. Like I'm, I'm totally cool. I, I'm not, I'm not saying completely, avo- uh, you know, ignore the position assignments, but like, you know, I think there's a lot of cross training that's been happening recently within these groups and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I love the idea of getting an outside of influence like Pep and Hamilton involved if they do that. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those that you look at a guy, David Girardi's been kind of a, a name associated with the Chiefs for a quarterback's coach. If you bring in Pep Hamilton and you make him your quarterback's coach, I mean, cross-training David Girardi as a running back's coach makes some sense. I mean, there there's lots of guys that Andy Reid does that with. We saw that Greg Lewis was the Chiefs wide receiver coach, moves to running back's coach. I think that it's more likely that we see maybe one of those one of those guys get moved around a little bit and we see maybe an, an assistant like, you know, like Dan Williams is an offensive assistant for the Chiefs. He helps out with quarterbacks and tight ends. Maybe he gets a promotion into like the David Girardi role was this year where he's, I think he's pass game analyst and assistant quarterbacks. Maybe you just make him an assistant quarterbacks, move Girardi into the running back room, try and just kind of diversify a little bit and get some of those guys moving through the pipe. I know that the Chiefs have not had some of that flexibility to move guys through and around things lately. I think they're going to take full advantage of it right now, though. Sign Juju now asks, assume Orlando is extended, would you consider using the tag on any players, any other players? I would not. Uh, um, I know there's, I, I know Side Juju now, I think there's probably uh, someone that you would consider potentially placing the franchise tag on. I don't know if the Chiefs really have a blue chip guy that's worth doing that to this offseason outside of of Orlando Brown. And, and I'm not even necessarily sure I feel like Orlando Brown's a blue chip. He's just a guy they have to have and don't really have a choice. Juju, I think you have choices. Um, I don't know if I think he is worth the the franchise tag contract. I have concerns about you know, his ability to be available. Um, he was gutting through that knee injury this this season. Um, he's had some injury issues in the past. I just, I mean, and he's a good player. I don't think he's, I think he's a solid wide, re- wide receiver too. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. So I have a lot of pause about giving a lot of money to, to Juju and that can probably tell you how I feel about whether or not the Chiefs should extend him and, and where the line is for me. Mine is Colin Saunders because that man deserves a touchdown and no, we're just going to keep banging this drum. $17.3 million is well worth every bit of it for a Colin Saunders touchdown. No, it's not. Can't, can't kind of hit on everything there. I really think that it's just Orlando Brown Jr. That, that you would need to look at from that perspective. You know, a lot of guys in that 2019 draft that, you know, are not really shaken out the way that the Chiefs have wanted. And so I don't think that they're going to try and extend a franchise tag to anyone. 
You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Mike Denny. What move could the Chiefs make to cause chaos in the AFC? Woo! Oh, uh, chaos in the AFC. Uh, trading for Stephon Diggs. That would cause some serious chaos in the AFC. Do you think that the Bills would actually do it, though? Okay, maybe maybe you don't trade for him. He gets cut. They move on from him for some reason, whatever the case may be. They need to save some money because Josh Allen now is going to be making 17% of the cap. So they got to figure out a way to come up with some space. They decide they're done with Stephon Diggs constantly pining to be a Kansas City Chief and watching from afar. Stephon Diggs signs up for the Kansas City Chiefs, the true wide receiver one, and just it, that would cause some serious chaos in the AFC if a guy of that caliber coming from that team ended up in Kansas City. I I think. Um... You know, like I'd I'd keep an eye on some of the interior def- defensive line. Like, what if they go sign Deron Payne? Like, what if Deron Payne comes free? Like, I think that would be a fun one that they you know create some chaos in there. I think I think veteran wide receiver, like just vet wide receiver. Period. Like a big splash at the vet wide receiver. There's some reports today about DeAndre Hopkins' potential availability. I think that would I think that would piss a lot of teams off. If I'm being honest. Like, you know, it's it's definitely more of a short-term move if something like that happens, but, like, for the immediate future, like, I don't think teams really want to deal with, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey and DeAndre Hopkins and Kadarius Toney. Uh, like, that is a ter- that's a terrifying group for, for defensive coordinators are trying to defend. I know, like, I, could, I know it's the running back position, but, like... <laughs> I don't. I think. I think Bijan would be a a little big chaos. 
I think Bijan, like if Bijan Robinson is just there at 31, I think that's another thing that like we'd all be like, okay, it's a running back again. Okay, Brett. But then but then I think like the rest of the NFL will be like, Ugh, oh no. Like they just remember, got the best running back. How the rest of the NFL was like, ugh, oh no, the last time the Chiefs drafted around one running back. Yeah, but then he turned out to be a small bad athlete. And so like that can't stay healthy. So Man, that uh, it's just real. Bajan's like, I mean, Bajan's a freak, man. Bajan's just an absolute freak. It's like getting young Saquon in here. Like, he, I think he's up there in that kind of tier as a runner. I don't know if he's as dynamic of a pass catcher. I he's still capable. Don't get me wrong. I just, I feel like, I feel like that would just drive a lot of teams insane. I think they'd be really mad. Uh, Isaac Hugh, what potential offseason move are you excited for? Um, I, I'm excited to see how they reshape this defensive line. Uh, Joe Cullen did a great job getting the most out of this set of guys. There's definitely a lot of free agents, a lot of guys that they brought in to fill some spot gaps. It's clearly a position that they feel comfortable attacking in this year's either free agency or draft. Brett Beach does a good job of not leaving big holes in those positions, especially after the draft. So I'm very curious to see how they attack the defensive line, what sort of weapons they're going to give Joe Cullen to work with, because he did such a great job last year. They give him even more talent this year. Like, that would be incredible to see the kind of performance after a great year on that defensive line this year. This is going to sound like a cop-out answer, but it's I promise you it's not. I'm just kind of curious where, like, what positions they choose to allocate assets to. Like, it's just like, how are, what, what are the dis- big decisions that they decide to make? Is it like, we're going to try to get cute at left tackle? We're going to try to get cute at wide receiver? You know, what, like, I, what, where are they not going to spend money is almost where I'm kind of more curious about and how that shapes the rest of this roster. Just because, you know, like there's big decisions that they got to make short and long term. Like you heard James Palmer talk about the Orlando Brown situation. Like, is it just a tag? And are they actively going to go grab a tackle to develop and pull the Eric Fisher thing that they did a couple years, you know, 10 years ago now? Act 10 years ago now. That's crazy. But, you know, move their first pick to right tackle for a year, then move them over to the left side after that. Like, I just, I'm, I, I think I'm just excited to see the, the big picture perspective of what this means moving forward more than anything. So I know that sounds kind of cop out, but like my head is so completely wrapped into this right now. It's insane. And I just am just, I'm more it because I'm so in the weeds on every potential scenario. I'm almost more, I'm more interested and excited about the 50,000 foot view of it than I am the granular decisions that they make. It's, I want to see all of them together. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's genuinely how I feel. Um, Zach Silverline Metamagorkin also asks who will give us a mid second round pick or better for Orlando Brown Jr. I, I have a couple, like there might be that, that might make sense. And it sounds crazy. Um, I could see the jets doing it because Makai Becton's so inconsistent. No. The Titans, the Titans just at the Titans hold pick 41. They just released Taylor the one. Um, they liked Isaiah Wilson. So maybe they'll like Orlando Brown. Um, New York Jets at 43, like I said. Uh, honestly, like maybe New England at 46, but that doesn't seem like a New England move. You know, like that doesn't seem like a team I would actually be willing to do that. Outside of that, I mean, 
I don't think a team's egregiously situated at the tackle spot and wants to, you know, aggressively address it outside of a couple teams like that, if I'm being honest. Like New Orleans traded uh for Trevor Penning last year. Carolina drafted a tackle the year before. Uh Cleveland's I don't I don't know, man. Like I don't like I think it's kind of weird. It's like I think that she like I think a, a team would be willing to pay Orlando Brown Jr. I don't think I, it'll be interesting to see what kind of leverage that they really have, right? In in these negotiations, because like I think you can look at teams that like they're they're not going to trade for him, but if you hit the free agent market, maybe they would kind of thing. Yeah, I I mean it it just takes one. I mean we talked about the Chiefs and how they were kind of stuck with or with what they had in the year that they traded for Orlando Brown Jr. They tried to acquire Trent Williams. Obviously, it didn't work out. Then they turn around. They try and they go and make a trade for Orlando Brown Jr. So sometimes those sorts of things crop up. I'm I'm waiting to see what the combine brings because you get all of our rumors from there. Mm-hmm. If somebody's searching around a tackle, you'd find out there, even though I think the Chiefs are keeping. Leighton Y44, if you had to pick one KCSN member besides yourself to read out a draft pick live in Kansas City this year, who would you pick and why? I have my answer. I have my answer, too. And I I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be. But <laughs> I think so, too. I'm picking Tucker D. Franklin because that man, the fit that he is going to wear to the podium is going to be <laughs> elite. Absolutely elite. My man walked into the Blue Wire Studios just wearing a normal clothes, not really, you know, looking to try and have the fit of the night by any means. And every time the camera cut to him, he just got to be more and more of a vibe that night until finally is just him, sunglasses, beverage, lean back, just absolutely chilly. I would expect that kind of energy from Tucker Franklin if he was reading it. Craig, who do you think I'm about to say? Me, because I'm going to butcher the name. (laughs) That is 100% right. That is exactly... Yep. exactly where I was going to go with that. Yeah, it would be accurate, too. Yeah, I would 100% butcher the name. It's Steve Smythe. Craig, that's Steve Smith. Oh, sorry. Will... Anders on. <laughs> huh? I mean, it wouldn't even have to have been a complicated name. Like, that's the best part of it. Uh, Joel Penfield, our guy, which day three Shrine Bowl player would you be most excited to see the Chiefs take, similar to the Chiefs getting Pacheco? I'll let you go first here, Kent, because I got my guy. Ooh, uh, go first. I'm still picking between a couple. Okay. I'm going to go to Mario Douglas, wide receiver. Out of Liberty. He was my guy while we were there. Like, I really loved what we saw out of him. He jumps off of the field. His agility and explosion are just different. Like, he creates immediate separation. He he is, he's really good in and out of his routes. Just so fluid. He just moves so differently than everybody else did at the wide receiver position out there maybe outside of Zay Flowers, who is a round one pick. Like, that, he he was on par as far as the agility and getting out of breaks and everything like that. Problem is, he's five foot seven and a half, 175 pounds. He is a very 
small receiver. He is going to be a guy that you're not going to line up and he's going to play, you know, 100% of the snaps by any means. But he's going to be used in kind of a gadgety role. I know that they've got Kadarius Tony for that, but he's a player that isn't always healthy. Simultaneously, Demario Douglas is an excellent punt and kick returner. He is a super, really, really good punt returner. And if you're trying to protect Kadarius Tony from getting injured, being more a bigger part of the offense, give me Demario Douglas day three. Put him on the field because he's going to be able to create and he's going to get him the ball and he's going to be able to you know, work in punt returns as well. I, I loved watching him at the Shrine. Couple. So... One of my favorite interviews, if not my favorite interview, was Jose Ramirez, the edge rusher out of yeah. Eastern Michigan. He's a little bit undersized, but I think he's, you know, I think he carries it well and he kind of, he, he looks more dense and squatty, um, but he's got a variety of pass rush moves. He's got a great motor and his story is phenomenal. Kind of similar how, you know, Isaiah Pacheco was so endearing to this fan, fan base. I think if you got to know Jose Ramirez's story a little bit more, I think he'd probably be endeared to him as well. Uh, tackle depth. I would also be interested in like a Connor Galvin. I think he might have been one of the best tackles there at the East West Shrine Bowl. I think he's a guy that's probably going to wind up going in day three. Uh, so uh, another guy, maybe like a Carter Warren too, uh, offensive tackle at Pittsburgh, just getting some some offensive line depth there uh, in uh, from someone at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, Derek, I, I, you didn't pick a, a quarterback, your guy that you bonded with so much. I'm a little surprised. I, I figured you would be more excited. If the Chiefs added him, Chase Bryce from App State. I love. We had so much fun with Chase Bryce. Like he was about to do a podcast with us. Like we were about yeah. to just like, you know. He like, said he would join KCSN to do a podcast. Yeah, thrill the chase with Chase Bryce. Like that was happening. Like we were on the verge of like you know. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. It's in the works. I said day three though, and I think Chase Bryce isn't sure he's getting drafted either. <laughs> Chase My Bryce God. said that he would be more than willing to, to help chart just so he could be in the room with Mahomes. So, yeah. Congrats to our guy Chase Bryce on getting drafted to the USFL this week, though. That is big time. Yeah, I think, he was, a, I think he was a first-round pick, too. So, That's shout out our guy. He's got the best him, the best personality. He is so oh, much yeah. fun. Uh, Derek uh, asks, if the two most recent Super Bowl winning Chiefs teams were to play one another, who wins, 2019 or 2022? Oh, I'm. I know my answer. I'm going to say 2019. Um, in 2019, the Chiefs had both of those tackles healthy: Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz. That matters against this Chiefs defensive line. Um, Tyron Matthew being on the back end of that Chiefs defense fixes a lot of stuff, and this Chiefs defense from this year dealing with a guy like Tyree Kill. And it, it, that would be absolutely terrifying. And Travis Kelsey would be absolutely terrifying. I think that there's just enough game-breaking players. I think the overall quality of the roster is better in 2022. But I think the game-breaking players change it and tilt it in the favor of the Kansas City Chiefs for 2019. Are they playing on the 2019 field? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's the 2022 Chiefs. I think that interior offensive line for 2019 has fits with Chris Jones, creating some of that interior Dude. pressure. I think he can wreck the game similar to the way Joey Bosa wrecked, or Nick Bosa, I'm sorry, wrecked the game for the the Chiefs in 2019 that were just hanging on. But I think the the big deciding factor, like 
all this, we can talk about both rosters and all this stuff. A more refined, advanced Patrick Levon Mahomes slices and dices uh, that twenty twenty or that 2019 defense. I know he doesn't have Tyreek Hill at his disposal, but he's got plenty of pass catchers. Now, the ankle, I mean, that there's that question too, though. I'm just kind of assuming general health. Yeah, because I think we start getting into that. Yeah. Give me the twenty. Give me the twenty twenty two Chiefs. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Duncan England, what would be the surprise position the Chiefs might take a swing on in the first two rounds of the draft? Woo! Woo, surprise position in the first two rounds of the draft? Um, Is swing tackle a surprise position? I mean, I, I don't think that it really is at this point, is it? I don't think tackle's a surprise. I, I think the thing is, I think you could make a case for all um, like you could make her a case for tackle, receiver, edge, defensive tackle if the value falls, safety, safety. Yeah. Uh tight end. You if you tell me that they love yeah. uh you know a tight end and there's one there at 31 or the run on tight ends as it happened wouldn't be stunned in, in the slightest. So I wouldn't I, either. It, it, it's tough to find a surprise position in that regard. Then interior, uh, interior, interior off. That's what I was getting ready to say. You know, like because I don't know how much of a surprise that would be. We we are hearing plenty about Joe Tooney's contract. Yeah. <laughs> over the past like three or four days, there is tons of information coming out about that. That's coming from somewhere. So I don't think that Joe Tooney's going anywhere this season. Don't get me wrong, but if you told me that they were drafting a guy that they really like to play left guard. Yeah, I get it. I totally understand it, especially if you're going to move on from him, pay Orlando Brown Jr., then you're only realistically having a big cap hit for one guy on the offensive line next year. It would make some sense to me if interior offensive line was a pick, especially if a guy falls. One thing I'm kind of going to study a little bit, I think too, is I'm almost more curious about who's a free agent in 2024 you know for this team because like I think I think the Chiefs could field a relatively decent roster today you know outside of defensive tackle right you know right. I could be Danny Shelton and Chris Jones but 
I just wonder if like this is a draft where, you know, like you try to draft a year early. It's almost like I wonder if you're drafting two years early with the flexibility to get rid of some people next year too. Like this so, oh, linebacker. Yeah. Interior offensive line. And, uh, you know, like some of the, the, like, even if they don't move on next year from Joe Tooney and they, you know, like there's, I just think there's, there's everything's potentially on the table. Like just everything's on the table. And like, that's, I think that's what I was kind of talking about earlier is like the roster construction of this team is so fascinating to me. Like, that's like what the decisions that they're making for this year for what they're looking to do to kind of continue to reestablish this new core and all that stuff. Like it, it's, ah, it's fun. I'm very much down the rabbit hole with all of this. If you, if you couldn't tell Zach, some interacts, what is your favorite receipt you've kept from this season? <laughs> I mean, Craig doesn't I, have Twitter anymore. So what is, I, but what is your receipt? What's your I fan? mean, mine's the one that I've said all along. The AFC screwed up by letting the chiefs make the AFC championship game. And then they let them win the damn super bowl. Like I, this team was not supposed to be here. This team was not supposed to be in this position. They have resolved all of this cap stuff. They've set themselves up very nicely to the future and they got a ring. Like uh, I, I, that's the one that I've been hanging on all year long. Doesn't really matter what anybody else said or done or anything like that. I just kind of don't let this team build confidence. You know, they're not wanting to talk dynasty right now, but this is exactly how a dynasty starts. You win in a rebuilding year. So I, not starts, but really keeps going, continues. So this is scary for everybody else. I wrote in August that Patrick Mahomes would win the MVP and he did. Yeah. I'll take that. I had a, I just had a good feeling. I think the narrative had swung enough, had been a long enough time, and he was going to ball out, and he did. He was awesome. Uh, Corey Peter, if you could have a docuseries made of a position other than quarterback, what position would you choose, and which Chiefs player would you choose to uh, to be in it? Kelsey is the obvious answer. Pick someone else. That's <laughs> what he says. Chris Jones, defensive tackle. That is, that's what I'm doing. Chris is just going to be fun. Like That's just going to be so fun to sit and watch him talk and interact and have fun plus there's a lot of really big defensive tackle personalities and i i just think that you could you could get enough guys together it's not like quarterback where you know like this one here with mahomes and kurt cousin and and marcus Mariota and all of that like i'm sure it'll be good i'm sure it'll be fine but there's going to be defensive tackles that are beaten down the door to try and get in a docuseries so that they can show their personalities and there's going to be an arsenal of guys that will just be fun to listen to. I think a sneaky fun story would actually be centers. Like mm. it's Creed Humphrey, it's Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? Like I know, like it's kind of a it's Travis adjacent, like you know, a little bit. Corey like, Lindsley. Like yeah. there's some there's some interesting like oh, offensive Ryan Jen- Jensen's an interesting oh. an interesting interior like center like Mitch Morse is hilarious. I mean he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could see, like, I could actually see that being a really interesting uh, move Quinn Miners to center, you know? Uh, just, I don't know. I, I think that would be a fun one. Uh, Fish, disregarding specific prospects, would you prefer to take a swing on upside or pick a high four prospect in round one? You'll go for it, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Again, this ties back to how this whole offseason goes. Um, I think I would 
tend like if they're going defensive line, I want them to swing on a high ceiling guy. Like like we've talked a little bit about like I think Daniel Jeremiah has Nolan Smith going to the Chiefs in in round one. That's a high. Uh, that's a kind of a swing on a guy with some injury issues that probably isn't there if he you know if if uh, if he doesn't have the injury issues. So I think I'd be more interested in taking a swing if it's a defensive lineman or you know a defensive end, especially because. We all know, like you're probably swinging on a high athletic profile, which is always very, very important when you are looking at pass rushers. The the Chiefs have a lot of high floor guys, and I like that they built around that. Like last year was a super high floor draft, and it 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 paid off in such a big way. You have bigger risk typically when you are looking high upside because you nail a high floor draft like that. Give me all the high upside guys now. Try and find more blue chip players and know that you can lean on what you've done. If it doesn't work out this year, turn around, look for high floor prospects again. You know, I, I would kind of alternate maybe every other year until I started hitting on more of those high ceiling prospects as well as having all these high floor. Like Brett Veach has done a good job of kind of balancing that. I wouldn't mind if he just decided that this year, I'm going to throw it all the way over into high ceiling and really gamble because we were playing with house money a little bit. Ross Sawyer, if you could be photographed posterizing any person in the world, who would it be and why would it be Eli Apple? I mean, it wouldn't be Eli Apple. It'd be Ken Swanson because... <laughs> I think that's Maddie's answer. I mean, it is. I, I just kind of <laughs> let Maddie have it. On a basketball there. court, literally posterizing me on a basketball court. Quite literally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the answer is Joe Burrow. Uh, Hobo Joe ninety three. If each of the lab guys was making a Dungeons and Dragons character, what classes would each of you be? Uh, multi-classing is an option. Okay, so here's the thing: we've done this before. We have. <laughs> I can't believe I can't. Believe, we've actually done this before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what I was. I think I was some kind of elf hybrid, wasn't I? You were an elf hybrid, yes. What, yes, he was. I believe what was my elf hybrid. An elf, a half elf rogue, if I remember correct. That that sounds that sounds right because we were gonna play a game and we never did, and then but we we we, we all we, it, got it to the game and all of that. Yeah, characters were created. I mean, realistically, Kent is an Asimar bard. <laughs> totally, I know that high charisma and uh, wonderful singing voice. Um, Maddie is an Echo Knight because it's mobile and agile and youthful and whatever, Stop whatever it. he wants to do with all of Wait, that. Wait, is Maddie? Are you? Is this Maddie on the show? Is Maddie? I think he might be right on now? the show. I'm just playing into the stereotypes here, and then mine would be the the uh, you know, basically doesn't matter what character it is. It might You're be old. a bard. It might be whatever. It might be a warrior. But I'm basically going to specialize in potions and just make beer the entire time and sling a keg around on my back. So I don't really have a uh, a class that I need to do that with. Who Something with high? What too. class lives the longest? And um, have oldest people. <laughs> is that yeah, no. so? So I'm an elf with a high constitution. Okay, got it. Yes, you're a high constitution brewmaster elf, <laughs> potion making elf. I think that's my opinion. Julian K. Karloftis-Stan, what former Chiefs player that hasn't been a guest on KCSN yet would you most want to be a guest on a KCSN podcast? Um. Oh, man. I see. Is, I know. 
I don't want to say things because things might happen, but um, do you gonna, do you have one that jumps to mind? It's gonna sound like a flex, but it's not. I don't remember which ones have it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've had a lot of really good ones on, and so like I'm trying to remember. Uh, Tyron Matthew would be fun. Tyron Matthew would be awesome. I he would Tyron, be absolutely awesome. Yeah. Ty, I think Tyron would be. I think Tyron would be like a lot of fun. Um, he left a really nice message one time on the way out, which was really cool. Um, and you know, like we were obviously big Tyron guys when he was here. So like, I think it'd be fun to talk to him and, and all that good stuff. So Tyron, I think Tyron would be one. I don't know. You have one. I mean, Frank is, and Frank doesn't count because he's still on the team right now, but the moment Frank goes, he, he can see on podcasts. I've, yeah. It's like, like you can have no, like, it's like <laughs> Are we like? I mean, technically, we got a lot of unrestricted. Are we trying to? Are we trying to talk to Colin right now? Like, I Colin's mean, an unrestricted free agent right now. Listen, Colin, the the door is wide open for Colin. Like, he he can also come and do a podcast. Um, I don't know that he'd ever want to do it, but uh, I would love. Uh, uh, see, I'm looking at this from the perspective of when I get to do things with DJ and Mike and breaking down film. Like, I don't necessarily want to sit around and ask fan questions of these players. It's it's cooler that, you know, we get to talk about defense and I get to sit and listen to these guys ping pong things off of each other. So guys like Tomba, guys like uh, Eric Bien-Ami, guy, you know, people like that, Justin Houston, you know, I, I would love to come and get that because those guys speak so reverently of what they brought to the film room, what they brought to the defense and the way that things were called, you know, that would be a hell of a lot of fun just to be, I, I can just produce that episode. I don't even need to be on the damn listen. Like I'll just sit in the background and listen to those guys just kind of talk about defense and talk about plays. That would be a hell of a lot of fun for me. All right. Hobo Joe asks, uh, what is the first free agency move the chiefs will make position wise? And it's a, is it a big splash? Is it a, is it is it, is the is this move a bigger splash than a cut they make before then? No, I don't think it'll be a bigger splash than a cut they make before that. I don't think that there's going to be any major surprise or splash cuts that they're going to make. So I don't think that it's going to be a big deal. I think that it'll be safety or defensive tackle maybe that that we see this team make a move in free agency. I. I just kind of look at the free agent class and I look at all the money the Chiefs have and I wonder if there's a trade. I just wonder if there's going to be a trade in the works here, which wouldn't technically be a free agency move. But I think that, I don't know, I I just maybe I see a trade in the works rather than leaning fully on free agency for the big splash move this year. Positive toasty, which this question mixed with this name. Mm-hmm. Juju doesn't re-sign and MVS is cut. How are we feeling about the wide receiver room? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I'm sorry. And like, I'm this is not Justin Ross slander. I'm sorry. I just I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at you're looking at Sky Moore and you're looking at Kadarius Tony, and that's it. I mean, like, that's the group. Because the, you're you're having to draft a wide receiver. You're hoping Justin Ross. You know, and that's still a group that is very inexperienced, uh, not particularly healthy. I feel terrible about it. Absolutely awful. They need, they need a veteran receiver in, and like if they're not bringing back Juju and they're not doing anything, they're not cutting MBS either. Like, right. By the way, 
if they don't re-sign Juju and MVS is still here, I still feel terrible. Yeah, that's still a scary group. It is. You've got to make a significant investment. Maybe that's where the trade comes from. Maybe that's where you go with the first-round pick. Maybe that's maybe that's the move that occurs to try and rectify it. I think I would rather, in that situation, if you are, especially if you're moving on from Juju and MVS, it's got to be a vet. It has to be a vet because you're not going to be getting a round one dude, and you didn't get any compensation if you cut MBS and just let Juju walk. Like, you're not getting any assets to try and move up and try to take an elite receiver or something like that in the first round of the draft. So it has to, just absolutely has to be a trade for a veteran or adding a veteran that's in free agency. And frankly, that veteran right now is Juju, so it doesn't really make a ton of sense to try and go to the well for that. So I think one of those two is definitely here. I think it's probably probably more likely MVS based on Juju contract estimates from what we're hearing. Well, like, the fact that MVS is under contract. Too. And he's under contract. Yeah, I, I, know that, I know that they can get out of it. Yeah. I think that playoff performance made it happen for him. I, I think that that's all they needed to show. So I do think that they add a guy. I, I don't think they let both of them walk. That's Craig Stout. I'm Kent Swanson, and this was 21 Questions. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for subscribing. You still can if you uh, hit the link below. We appreciate you. We'll catch Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus, KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSM wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.